Welcome to It's Pretty Personal, a podcast all about sharing South Asian stories. Hi, how are you doing today? By the time that you listen to this, I always record my intro a night before the episode is actually supposed to air. So right now it is 10.30pm. I'm literally sat in a dress and red lipstick on because I just came back from dinner recording this. I think that's like way too much information, but that's dedication, y'all. And something really cool that happened recently was the fact that this podcast was featured as one of the best British relationship podcasts for 2021, which is super cool. But also it ties in really nicely to today's episode. As the title suggests, we are talking about expectations versus reality, relationship edition. At the start of season two, I did an episode titled Expectations vs. Reality, Brown Girl Edition, with one of my friends called Sonica. We spoke about moving away from home, the judgy aunties, and the overall struggles that we as South Asian girls face. If you haven't listened to it, I've linked it in the episode description below, and it was so popular that I wanted to bring it back. Let me know if you want me to make it a series, because I will fully do that. So today, we are talking about Expectations versus Reality, Relationship Edition. I already said that. I'm joined by Avni, a marriage and family therapist. I'm from New York. I'm not strategically picking guests that are from New York in the hopes that one day I'll move there. This was purely just a coincidence. I've linked Avni's social media below. So definitely check that out. And also don't forget to follow and subscribe to this podcast if you're new. Write a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts because reviews really do help podcasts grow. So please support. And a few of you have been asking how to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and it's super easy. So if you search for It's Pretty Personal um, in the search bar and you click on the podcast and you scroll all the way down, there will be a text box where you can select five stars and you can also write your thoughts about this episode in the review box too, because I do read all of them. So be kind. Or just message me on social media too, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Pretty Personal. I am also recording this super, super quiet because everyone in my house is currently sleeping. I hope you enjoyed the episode and really, really be ready to relate. So Avni, hello, hi. Hi everyone, how are you? I'm good, how are you? How's your week been so far? Been good, very busy doing online therapy, but it's good, no complaints. Avni's wearing glasses actually and I actually really like her glasses. I think they're so cool, but she wants to change them. And I'm very curious to know like what glasses you want to go for. I think something more clear, just something I can see better. Like these are so, you know, big. Yeah. Do you know what? I think the one thing that I've lost during COVID is my eyesight. Do you know what? We're on screens 24-7, right? I wake up and I'm on my phone. Then I'm on my work laptop. Then it's my personal laptop. So we podcast stuff. Then I'm constantly on my phone. Then the TV. I think my eyesight's gone really bad now. Even when I watch TV, like, I can't see. But my dad is literally four years older than me. And he has to then read out the headlines of the news at the bottom because I just can't see. I'm not sure it should be the other way around. God, it's getting bad, I know. I actually want to get to know you a little bit better. So I just want to know, like, what is your favorite hobby? I have a lot. I really, you know, when you get older, your hobbies kind of, I feel like you forget about them. But I really enjoy dancing. Working out is a big one for me. Weightlifting. Shopping, because I believe in retail therapy. That helps. Okay, it's a hobby. (laughs) And I really enjoy doing yoga. Oh, that's so similar to me. I love dancing and I love working out. I'm not much of a shopping person though. 
I feel like my shopping list has become so grown up now. It's like, you know how before we're like, oh my God, I want makeup, I want toes, I want this, I want that. Now my thing is like, I want a coffee machine and I want a coffee frother. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is funny. That's funny. Do you know what I mean? I'm not even that old. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I honestly didn't even think about that. It is true. You're 100% right. Honestly, I get so excited when someone buys me a practical present that I can use. And I'm like, thank you for knowing my needs. Because it's like, you know, if people just give you random bath and body sets, you're literally like, uh, thank you for this. I really don't know what to do. I'll add it to my collection. <laughs> like, And now I really enjoy getting like socks and like pajamas. Those are the best presents. <laughs> Checkered pajamas like, are honestly the best presents. That's so good that you're into yoga as well. That's amazing. I need to do it. I'm literally learning how to do um, stretching. I'm basically stretching because I want to learn how to do the splits. It's not going very well. You'll get there one day. Don't worry. It's a process. Okay, next question is, what is one thing that you're grateful for today? One thing I'm grateful for today. I think I'm grateful for everything in my life. But today, I think I'm grateful to share knowledge and perspective to others. I think that's a big one. The more we learn, what we share, what we learn, I think is the biggest gift. I'm really grateful for that opportunity. So thank you. I'm so glad that you messaged me. And then the next question is, what is one thing that you've achieved in 2020? Getting my master's in 2020, I think is the biggest achievement. I don't know how it happened or when it happened, but I, when I graduated, I was like, this is the biggest accomplishment for me. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. I'm officially done. No more school until I go for my PhD. So that's on hold though. Everyone says that. Everyone's like, you know, it's like no more school and then some other exam comes up and you're like, oh, damn it. Now I've got to study for three more years. But I like that though. As much as we complain about it, I genuinely feel that you can never not know everything. We should constantly keep learning and learning new things. And yeah, exams are stressful, but I'm also being given this opportunity to learn something new, which I would not get anywhere else. So why would I not take that opportunity? No, you're right. I think it's so important to learn even things you're not interested in. You know, you never know. You're going to learn something new. And I think that's the opportunity to learn is such a big one because so many people can't. Exactly. That is so true that like, we're so lucky to even have the opportunity to like, go to school because there's so many people that would want to be in that position and want to learn. What is one life lesson that you've learned in the last 12 months? I've learned this in the past 12 months that life is very short. Your version of happiness, whatever you define it to be. I think happiness comes in the small things, the big things, but whatever you define as happiness, live it every day. And love, open your heart. That's another one because so many people, I feel like especially in this, maybe it's this generation or this world, there's so much hate and so much going on in the world that the lack of empathy and the lack of sympathy for others, it's like non-existent sometimes. I really, really can resonate with that. So today's episode, and it's something Avni kind of specializes in, is relationships. And since you're a marriage and family therapist, and the one thing that I'm so intrigued about is there's so much out there on how to be in a relationship. And we're talking about romantic relationships here. How to be in a relationship, how to date, like the things to do, the things to say, what to wear, this kind of stuff. There's so much out there that tells you how to get into a relationship, how to find that person. But there isn't much about how to maintain that relationship afterwards, after you kind of become like boyfriend and girlfriend, like what happens next? And that's what I really want to chat to you about is the fact that a lot of times 
and whether that be the media, whether that be people's fairy tales, whatever it might be, we idolize love. Like we romanticize romance and we kind of think it's going to be this fairy tale. And actually in reality, sometimes it isn't and it can lead to heartbreak and it can lead to toxic relationships and everything like that. So the one thing that I really want to ask you, and it's a very big question, but how do people actually maintain a relationship? That's a great question. Because once you get comfortable with somebody, you kind of forget the romance aspect, you get comfortable. So sometimes asking a couple, are you comfortable or are you happy? Really get some thinking like, am I truly happy in this or am I just comfortable? Maintaining a relationship, it depends on every couple has their own version of maintaining a relationship. What works for them may not work for others. Like, for example, some couples still like that, um, like going out and going on dates and dressing up. And for them, that is maintaining, right? Going on dates. But their dates might look different to other people's dates. Some people, when they get married and have children, they don't have that time. So how to keep that spark going? Honestly, it depends on what makes you happy. So when people get into relationships, you're going to date people that you resonate with, right? You agree with their morals, their ethics. You have to be some kind of attraction, whether that's physical or sexual, whatever it is. But the biggest thing is don't forget to have a life of your own. I'm telling you, all the listeners, if you're in a relationship, You need a life of your own. You need separate friends from your partner's friends. Why? Because then you can go out and venture and then come back and still be united. There's a term in therapy, it's called enmeshment. That means when you completely are enmeshed with the other person's feelings and and that's not a good thing. That's a toxic trait. So be careful of how much you give yourself and remember that it's important to focus on being single too and being an individual. And that's the one thing that I think it's so important. And you say it as well. It's like, you have to be your own person. Your life shouldn't revolve around your partner. But I think that sometimes happens, right? Because it's easily to get sidetracked. Like a lot of guys, for example, they may not like their females partners having guy friends. Is that an insecurity thing? Were you cheated on in the past? All these kind of questions and communication is the key. But don't change yourself completely. If you've been burned in the past, it's not necessarily you're going to get burned in the future but people still have that. They still bring that into their next relationship. But that's so important, right? Is creating boundaries. And sometimes that can be quite difficult. I think the biggest thing is being self-aware, what you're willing to compromise. Some people might be okay with cutting off friends. Some people are like, no, these are my friends. I've had them for years. I'm not cutting them off because you're uncomfortable. It just depends on what you're willing to adjust. It's hard, but honestly believe the best way to figure out yourself and your partner is to have these kind of conversations. Your relationship is not butterflies and rainbows all the time. You're going to have to have these uncomfortable conversations and to have them not during a fight. So if you're fighting, don't have this conversation. If you're fighting, it's only emotions and you guys are going to you know, say things that you don't mean and it's going to get very toxic, very nasty. When people say communication, it can mean so many different things, verbal and nonverbal. You know, body language is communication, you know, silent, like those, the eye rolling and the shrugging of the shoulders. Those are all forms of communication. So when couples come to me for therapy and they're like, oh, we want to work on communication, I ask them where it's lacking. And that's also important. So if you're having a, if you're having this conversation and it leads into a fight, consider something like counseling. Yeah, definitely. And I think some things that I also hear quite a lot is, oh, we just drifted apart or we just grew apart. So why is it so difficult for people to like maintain a relationship sometimes? So many different reasons, Preeti. Give me a top three. (laughs) For example, if people are not growing together, let's take it like a job, right? They go to college, they graduate, they get a job, they do 
So then they get a master's and they're growing in their field. Maybe your partner's not growing. Maybe they just got laid off. Maybe, you know, they don't want to work anymore. It's a lot of not being on the same page about so many different things. Sometimes parenting styles can be different because you were raised differently. You want to raise your child differently. There's so many reasons why people can't maintain a relationship. And I think a lot of it is understanding or trying to understand. Okay, so marriage or a couple relationship, it's work. It's another job, you know, putting in the effort, the time, the energy. And sometimes when people feel like they're not appreciated or undervalued, they either change or they want to leave. And when things get boring, they're like, oh, it's boring. The spark dies. And there's ways to recreate the spark. Again, it requires time and energy. Yeah, so how do you recreate that spark then? I guess kind of remembering why you came into the relationship in the first place is a big one. I do this exercise with a lot of couples, you know, tell me about how you met. What happened? What did you feel? Sometimes a couple just needs some quality alone time without phones, without family. They just need themselves to kind of rejuvenate. So like going on vacation, which is you and your partner, or going on a date or doing something which you both enjoy. And remember that this is why you chose this person to be with. That's really important because you kind of forget in the midst of everything, you kind of take them for granted. But if you're not giving them that attention and that validation that you used to, of course, things are going to change. And I think it kind of seeps into this whole expectation versus reality thing, because I think a lot of us growing up read fairy tales and we're like, you find your Prince Charming and that's it. They're stuck with me and they would never leave and they would love me throughout everything. Right. And the reality is so different. And the reality is that that's not true. In your experience, have you seen any kind of like parallels between the expectations that people think they have in a relationship and the actual reality of the situation? Of course, that happens all the time. You know, especially in, in, in Desi culture, you have these big lavish weddings and people think that there's this happily ever after. And it hurts. I know, like, I'm sure every girl's first heartbreak is like, you know, what about Cinderella and, and Snow White and all these other princesses that it's not realistic. And maybe it's us, maybe it's society that's putting all these, it is society, that's putting all these dreams and expectations in these little girls' heads. And when they grow up, they realize that's not remotely close to the truth. But I think society's expectation is people have a fear, human nature, fear of being alone. Human beings are social creatures. Yes, there's introverts and extroverts, of course. But for the most part, being alone is a big fear. So I think people seek relationships out of fear. They don't want to be alone. Especially when you see all your friends doing it, I'm like, oh, everyone has a boyfriend. What's wrong with me? Why doesn't everyone want to be with me? But it's society. Who says these girls are in happy relationships, right? We see on Instagram, these grand proposals, these weddings. Like, oh, I wish I had that. But you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You have no idea. That is so true. Actually, talking about Instagram, I was always seeing on Instagram and it's basically a bunch of stairs. And it had a couple at the top of the stairs and a couple at the bottom of the stairs. And there was a single person in the middle that yes, you can go to something good, but you can also go to something bad. When I saw that, I was like, damn, I'm so grateful that I'm single because it could go either way. This time, I'm very happy being single and I'm creating a life for me. And that's my most important thing right now. But I can 100% say that I've been through that times where all my best friends were in relationships. And I was like, what the F is wrong with me? Like, And you end up having the most Self horrible thoughts like, oh my God, I must be like really ugly or I'm just like a horrible person or I've done this or I've done that. Not realizing that like I've done so much being single and I've achieved a lot. So I should actually be proud of that. And to any single girl listening to this, like if being in a relationship isn't the be all or end all. Like, yes, we would love to have one. But right now, I'm my priority. 
I kind of feel like that's how it should be. Yes, absolutely. For all the single girls that felt like they should be in relationships, it is not like a be all end all. You literally don't know what's going to happen behind closed doors and people will put up a smile and people will put up a front, but they'll be arguing and hating each other. And not going to lie, I don't really want to be in no toxic relationship. Sorry. No, you'd rather be single. (laughs) You'd 100% rather be single. But then it's that whole thing about society's expectation on people to be in relationships. And I genuinely do feel like that's the case. Like a lot of a person's self-worth and success has been put into romantic relationships. And people are seen as weird or unlovable if they're not in a relationship. And it's not just like Indian culture. I think I've seen it a lot in that Western culture as well. It's just been placed for generations and centuries, you know, find the partner, have children, buy a house, you know, the white picket fence and like this facade of of this is what happiness looks like. When people don't realize that the happiness is whatever you define it to be. And I really believe that if you're happy being single and eating pizza on a Saturday night while doing a face mask, you're happy, you're successful. We are the next generation, right? So it's for us to stand up and be like, this is not happiness. I don't know who defined it, but this is not what I'm defining to be my happiness. I, I just find it so weird that people put success on love. And it's a bit like, yes, like self-love is becoming so much more prominent now. But it's still there, like deep-rooted and ingrained in us that we have to be with another person. And all these movies and are all about finding love, find your one true love. These dating apps, you know, it's thrown in our faces 24 seven. Look at all the TV shows. They're all about some kind of romantic relationship. To all my single girls that try to get into relationships after being hurt, the best thing I suggest is taking it slow. Get to know your partner. Don't fall in so quick. Take your time. You know, they say have your guard up. Yes, have a little bit of a guard up. Test the waters, take it slow. There's no end time. Like by 2022, I have, I have to have a boyfriend or there's no planning. Take your time, take it slow, figure out what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. You know, like how dating is so taboo in Desi culture, which really blows my mind. Like the first guy you date should not be the first guy you marry. Maybe if that works for you, okay, you know, that's good. But date, you know, date around, talk to boys, talk to your friends, see what's normal and what's not normal. Because you may be raised with your parents a certain way. You know, and that's all you saw. You go on dates with people and you'll be like, okay, this is weird. And that everyone has a spider sensey about them. And I always say this, like, everyone has a spider sensey. Like, you know when something's wrong and you know when something's off. And when it does, when that spider sensey rings, like, don't ignore it, right? Because that red flag that you see at the start is normally the red flag that ends it. Unless you come into therapy and you work on that red flag. Because I've seen that change too. I'm seeing a lot of premarital couples come in, which is making me so happy before they even take that step. They're coming into therapy. I see boyfriend, girlfriends coming in just to talk about relationship dynamics and how to create a healthier unity. So it's not always sad. You know, people don't always come in like we're on the verge of divorce. What do we do? I have a question. Out of like all the traits in a relationship, like what is the main trait that both people should have in order to have a healthy relationship? Don't want to say communication, but it is, I think it's communication. And, and when I mean communication, I mean actively listening, processing the message the other person is trying to get across. Because sometimes words aren't enough. You know, like I am saying this, but I mean something totally different. So maybe not talking completely like open and honesty because that you can feel very vulnerable. People feel very like raw. And especially like now with the whole generation of texting, 
we're so accessible to people like we're constantly on our phones so one thing that baffles my mind genuinely is when people let you take like five days to reply back to you and you're literally they're like excuse me I see you on Instagram I know I see you there but what are you doing why aren't you answering me I know people get busy but send out a text message it takes like five seconds to respond yeah or even a little like hey sorry I'm busy but I'll chat and fly back to this later do you know what I mean but the other thing that I really wanted to know is I okay, how do I word this especially in desi culture and I feel like a lot of people who listen can probably relate to this a lot of times girls are always asked oh when are you getting married and that's the first freaking question every undg asks is when you're getting married and it's literally a bit like undg you need to like calm down a bit because not gonna lie it's none of your business when I decide to get married why is we as desis the older generation for sure so obsessed with being in relationships but then not wanting people to date I think that's all they know you know girls were married very young you had a girl you know she was going to cook and she's going to learn how to clean and then she's going to get married some women weren't even given opportunities to go to college so people are going to talk to you about what they know have some empathy for some aunties you know sometimes I'm like that's all they know they know how to cook and they clean and they had kids and sometimes I feel bad because I think they want to have a conversation with you but they don't really know what else to say to you. So the first question is, oh, when are you getting married? And sometimes it makes me laugh because I'm like, auntie, when I get married, you'll know. So sometimes having that sense of empathy for these aunties, yes, it's annoying, very annoying, but sometimes see their perspective and the things when we become aunties, we'll know better. Oh yeah, I would never say that to anybody. I think like now you've actually said it, I'm a bit like, hmm, that's kind of true. Like if someone doesn't know better, like it's like educating them. Like for you, Breathe, like I started a podcast, I'm working. So maybe I'll find a guy when I'm doing this. Maybe it'll just happen. Maybe talking to them nicely instead of getting mad and explaining, they won't even know what to say. It's a weird one because I think like auntie bashing has just become something quite funny in our generation as well. At the end of the day, like I want to try and be kind to everybody. So I have to try and understand their point of view as well. But I just wish that we be able to explain it to them like that's not my priority right now and it's very interesting to see that how the culture shifted like before I think being married it was a priority for people and I think now people's priorities like their careers or their passions and I think that's actually great do you not think I think it's wonderful the stigma of so much has changed and I just hope it keeps going do you know what the other funny thing is? Is the fact that like, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I've been seeing a quite a lot of memes about stuff like this online. And it's like, oh, you can go on holiday after you get married. You can get a dog after you get married. And it's like all these things that you want to do. And growing up, the caveat of it was when you get married. So I also feel like as a kid, getting that job, like all the things that you want, you get after marriage. I think it's also added to the whole fantasy of like falling in love because it's like, well, I get married, then I can get my dog and then I can go on holiday and then I can do this and then I can do that. When actually, like, girl, you should be doing that stuff now. Imagine your parents tell you to get a dog after you get married and your husband's allergic to dogs, then what? These ideals, like they came from somewhere, right? It's not like they came out of the blue, they came from somewhere, but I really feel like it's our job to educate and say, you could do all this stuff without being married. Whatever makes you happy. That's the thing. But then the one thing that I did want to ask you is also, and I don't want to say this, but I feel like it is, especially in Indian culture, but obviously in other cultures too, is that you feel like you have to get married by a certain age. And 
your life is over if you don't hit that milestone. I think for most people, the milestone was 25, right? I'm 25 and I kid you not, I'm not married and I'm very happy not being married. (laughs) I'm also 25 and I'm not married. Do I want to? Absolutely. Yes, I do. On my terms when I'm ready. This notion, I feel like a lot of it is biological as well in terms of having children, even though now technology has proven that people are getting pregnant at 40 and later and later. I agree with you there for sure. Again, marriage is that fairy tale, right? And it's like you find the person, you get married to them and you live happily ever after. And sometimes you're not happily ever after. Because people get married or they join relationships thinking this other person will make them happy. It's not always the case. I like to tell my single girls or even people in relationships, like you can't expect other people to love you if you don't love yourself. It's not finding happiness in someone else. It's being happy within yourself and then finding somebody to share that happiness with. If you're married to somebody who doesn't agree with your morals, your ethics, or you have nothing in common, then what are you sharing with that person? I truly believe people should take a break after a divorce or a relationship and really focus on themselves and then go into it. You know, when someone does break up with someone, they're like, oh, you should focus on yourself. But what does that even mean? It means healing. It means, you know, can you be alone? Can you go to the supermarket alone? Can you have lunch by yourself? Again, it goes to that fear of not wanting to be alone or needing a friend or a partner or somebody with you. But what's wrong with being alone? That is a very good question. And I don't think people have like a proper answer. There is no real answer. Mm. Marriage changes people. They get scared. They get cold feet. They don't realize what a big responsibility it is. Everything gets combined, you know, your financial life, your social life, your families. Obviously, do you feel like there's certain things that, because for people, your morals and your principles is what makes you, you, right? And it's your own internal set of rules that you probably won't ever break because you made them. Yeah. So then obviously there'll be certain things that you just won't compromise on because you're like, that's against my morals and my values. That's the whole part of setting boundaries, right? Like this is my morals and these are my ethics and this is what I'm not willing to change. I'll give you an example. Like some girls who grew up in a very hands-off, like my parents were very hands-off parenting. I got to do what I wanted. If I get married, like I don't want to live with in-laws and that's okay. Because if that's something that is your beliefs and you're setting up this boundary, but then don't forget that if, let's say it's your husband's or your partner's responsibility to take care of his parents, allow him to do so in other ways. Yeah. And that's where your compromise comes in. Yes. That's where the compromise aspect comes in. Yes. You can live alone. That's fine. You guys can get your own place, your own apartment, whatever you choose, but don't take away your husband's responsibility of taking care of his parents. It's that whole compromise thing that comes into the aspect of the relationship. No, definitely. And I think a lot of it is also um, like mental health is a big part of it and how there actually is anxiety and depression within a marriage that a lot of people don't see because from the outside, they're smiling, but internally, they're so sad. And it happens so often. Really? It's like, who do you go to in a marriage, right? Do I go to my friends? Do I go to my family? You know, and this whole thing of not letting strangers into your business, like the society shouldn't find out that this is going on. Or your family shouldn't find out what's going on. And it's when you're alone and you don't really have someone to talk to, of course, depression is going to you know, take over. And of course, anxiety is going to take over. And people that don't know the symptoms or the red flags of depression and anxiety, they don't know how can they help you. And that becomes really, really tough. Also, I want to bring this in. I think a big part of it, not just anxiety and depression, but I also think females 
need to be financially stable. Get a job, educate yourselves. Don't think at 18, you're getting married and this is it. Anything can change. I don't care if he's a tech millionaire or he has businesses. I don't care. Take care of yourself. Educate yourself. Get a job. Work part-time. Do something to have an income of your own. And that I will preach to every girl listening. You could at me, you know? They say that, at me, at me. (laughs) (laughs) Educate yourselves. Stand up on your own two feet and then get married. That is so, so, so important. And I couldn't agree with you more. Travel the world, travel, experience new things. I don't want to say you don't need a man, but girl, you don't need no man. And this is someone who's in a relationship is saying this, okay? Like, I'm very happy, I'm very healthy, but I'm telling you, do things for yourself and then get into a relationship. And I think that's very, very true. And I think like that's something that I will continue to preach is like, it's so important for you to be independent and that independence, especially being a female in South Asian society, is something that I feel like is still in some families a constant struggle. And that gender discrimination that a lot of girls do face. And so therefore, I'm so passionate about women's equality in the sense of like, just treat your daughter like your son. Like, please give them that freedom because you should teach them that they don't need no man. And a man come into their life is like, they're lucky to have them. Do you know what I mean? Like, they shouldn't take anything away from your life. They should only add to your life. And I think that's so important because a lot of people get into very toxic relationships because they're scared. They're hitting that age bracket or they're scared they're never going to find someone. So they will just settle. And sometimes they don't leave because they don't have that financial security elsewhere. And another thing I want to point out, we keep saying, girl, you don't need no man or talking about girls and guys. Girls, if you're into girls, that's okay. And guys, if you're into guys, That's okay. I'm sorry we keep saying that, but I want to make an emphasis. It's like your partner is whoever you choose it and you deem it to be. You know, a lot of the couples that come into couples therapy, I advise them to get individual therapists as well. Ooh, interesting. Talking about couples therapy, how did you get into couples therapy? Honestly, Ruthie, I have no idea. It's a long story, but I'll tell you, I guess I'll just, we have time. So I was in nursing school right out of high school for three months. And I was like, okay, this is not me. That was my dad. My dad wanted actually one of us to become doctors. I'm one of four. And I was like, going to nursing school for my dad. And I couldn't do it. I would cry. I was so emotional. I hated the sight of blood. I was like, what am I doing here? And I mean, I'm so grateful that I got in like, uh, but then I dropped it. I was like, okay, Papa, not one of your other children can do it because I'll become a doctor. Maybe I'll get my PhD, but not this way. Like, this is not how it's going going to be for me. Then I dropped it and I went into communications and I really wanted to study fashion because I really enjoy fashion. I really enjoy clothing. I worked in fashion for five years and then I graduated college and I got my minor in legal studies, which was like law. And I really wanted to do family law for a really long time. I was like, I really want to do like custody cases and divorce and, and all that. I was talking to a couple of my friends and they're like, I think you'd be a really good therapist. They're like, you always listen to everyone's problems and you always have solutions or or you're always there emotionally and mentally, like really look into it. Well, one of my best friends, she was in PA school at the time. And she's like, listen, my university has this marriage and family therapy program. I really want you to look into it. So I went for orientation and I, I fell in love. I loved it. I know I just graduated, but I've been doing clinicals for two years. This is like my third year and I absolutely love it. 
so glad like you ended up finding like do you feel like this is your calling like this is your passion yes I want to do this eventually like I have my you know my five-year plans and I have my 10-year plans and definitely getting my doctorate in this is one of them and then you know maybe open my own practice one day we'll see and like in terms of that couples counseling I know that counseling in general has a stigma attached to it which it shouldn't but when do you feel like a couple should seek couples therapy don't make therapy your last option. Don't do that. Start couples therapy when you first sense that you're, you know, not agreeing or you're fighting a lot. I mean, in the beginning, everything's butterflies and unicorns, right? But you'll notice some red flags like, okay, we disagree on this. Or when you get mad, you get very angry and you start throwing things. Let's go to therapy. Let's talk about it. Or why don't you, you know, anger management? There's so many different types of therapies that people don't really know about. And there's so many different models that we use. Therapy is not just talking. It's so much more than that. It's treatment plans. It's a science. There's so much going on. And I don't think people really know what it is. And the stigma, I really, I think it's getting better, but I feel like there's still, don't tell people our problems. You know, what if they tell somebody, which they don't understand the aspect of confidentiality. Like I legally cannot tell anybody what we talk about. For sure. Oh my God, Abney, I literally loved having you on. And like this conversation has just been so much fun. I loved being here. Thank you for having me. Actually, the last thing that I do with most of my guests is I do like a fun little quick fire round of like a bunch of questions. So are you ready? Mm -hmm. So the first question is, what is your favorite thing about New York City? The street food. (laughs) Best thing. What? Why are you looking at me like that? I want food. I don't always say this yet. I was supposed to go to New York and it got cancelled because of COVID. And I was so sad about it because it's been my dream place to go to for ages. Well, look at the positives. You know, now you met me. Now, next time you come, we're going to see each other. If you came, you know, before, we wouldn't have known each other. So that's true. Okay. And next question What is your favorite fashion trend right now? The vests with the tennis skirts. Love it. I'm living for that right now. It's funny you say that because I'm obsessed with the tennis skirts with the checkered, check tennis skirts. Oh my God. I think they're so cute. So cute. And the vests with them. Oh my God. I don't know. It's like St. Trinian's vibes. Yes. That's so funny that you said that. I was thinking completely different, but I see, I completely see what you're talking about. I was thinking like, you know, those vests that like our grandparents wore. I don't know. Like my grandma had so many of these vests and like, I'm like, it's a fashion trend now, you know? Do you know what? I genuinely feel like my grandparents' wardrobe is like 2020 fashion. (laughs) Like it's like the vintage jumpers and the vests and everything. I love it. I'm so grateful that they don't chuck anything away. Next question is, what is a one item of clothing that you would like to keep forever that's in your wardrobe? It's a tough one. Oh, I really like fur, like big fur coats. Fake fur, faux fur. I think mine's like, I think all I've been living in is like hoodies, like during COVID. And I always buy like XXL hoodies. Yes. Because firstly, you can wear them as a dress, which is great. But secondly, it's like I'm wearing a hug and I love that. Okay, so my brothers, I always wear my brothers' hoodies. And those are the best. I think, why are men's hoodies so much more comfortable than women's? All I buy is men's clothes these days. I want to speak to the manager because I don't agree with this. (laughs) No, I kid you not. Like all my ASOS or my anything order, like I go straight to the men's section. I don't even go to the girl girl section anymore. Their hoodies are so much more comfortable than ours. I'm cheaper. What's your favorite dessert? I really like like lava cake, like chocolate lava cake that's melted with like cold ice cream. That is so good. What is your favorite social media app? Currently, 
I'm learning a lot from TikTok. You know, Breathe, you were talking about like getting older and having like um, Black Friday lists. I'm learning so many cleaning tools on TikTok, like how to clean. And I'm like, oh, I love this. I'm so like, when did we get this age where I'm getting excited? Like I saw somebody like put a carpet cleaner and like she was cleaning her carpet. Her carpet was so dirty and I was getting so excited. It's so satisfying. So satisfying. And I'm getting, I love TikTok. I'm learning so much from it. I'm not, I don't post anything. I just love watching. Okay. Finish this sentence. If I wasn't living in New York, I would emigrate to Dubai. Next one is, what is your favorite quote if you have one? Oh, I have so many, but it's right here. And it's my screensaver. I know you can't see it, but it's my screensaver and I love it. A girl who is going to do big things cannot let small things get to her. And that is my background to my phone and I see it every day and I agree with it. Do you want to see mine? Because mine's also a quote. Okay, what is it? I'll show you. Mine says, um, it's the little things in life and it has like a heart. And I was like, I live by that. Like genuinely, like it's always the little things in your life that make you happy. And then finally, what is your favorite fashion store to shop in? Zara. I love Zara. I know it's fast fashion, but I'm sorry. They have the cutest clothes. I spent all my money on Zara. I've been really into like thrifting recently. And I know it's a massive thing in the States. It is, but I don't know where in my area. Like I've been looking. Oh my God, Abney, I've honestly loved having you on my podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I had so much fun. I had so much fun too. I really hope that you enjoyed that episode and it gave you some value. If you ever want to share your thoughts on the episode, then please do either on social media. You can tweet me at It's Pretty Personal or send me an Instagram DM at Pretty Personal as well. Or you can email me at itsprettypersonal at gmail.com. I have linked all my social media links in the episode description below. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and write your thoughts in that review box that I spoke to you about earlier. Don't forget to like, like and subscribe. This isn't YouTube. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to this podcast as I do release new episodes every single Tuesday. So I guess I'll speak to you next week. Take care. Bye.